because God is holy and His Word is holy, uh, we want to stand and give honor to God's holy Word as we turn to Luke uh, chapter 4, starting at verse 14. So if you're able, let's stand together as we give honor to God's holy Word. Luke 4.14, this is God's holy and infallible word, starting at verse 14. And Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through all the surrounding district. And he began teaching in their synagogues, and was praised by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And he opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And all the eyes in all the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all were speaking well of him and wondering at the gracious words which were falling from his lips. And they were saying, Is this not Joseph's son? And he said to them, No doubt you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard was done in Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. And he said, Truly, I say to you, no prophet is welcome in his hometown. But I say to you in truth that there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was shut up for three years and six months, when a great famine came over all the land. And yet Elijah was sent to none but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, And none of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. And all the people in the synagogue were filled with rage as they heard these things. And they got up and drove him out of the city and led him to the brow of the hill on which their city had been built in order to throw him down the cliff. But passing through their midst, he went his way. Let's pray together. Our beloved God, we pray that you would work mightily in us and through us by the means of your word and spirit. Help us to believe and receive these, um, your holy, this your holy word, that we would receive and believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the holy anointed one, and the only Savior for sinners, even our Savior. For we ask these things in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Perhaps some of you know what it's like to be rejected. Maybe you have family. Maybe you have friends. Maybe you're at school and somebody's rejected you. And it hurts. 
Well, you're in good company. Even our blessed, holy, sinless Savior, Jesus Christ our Lord, was rejected by His own. He came to His own, and His own rejected Him. And that rejection was not just here in this passage, it was even rejected to the point where they, rege- they put Him up on a cross. The ministry of Jesus was inaugurated by uh, the baptism of John. When he approached John, John baptized him, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in the bodily form like a dove, we're told, by Luke. That same Spirit then led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the evil one. And being tempted, Jesus surpassed every temptation. Uh, Where the first Adam failed in the garden, Jesus Christ, our new representative, the second Adam, perfectly obeyed God and was victorious over these temptations. Uh, Luke uh, 4.13 tells us, When the devil had finished, I would like to say when he failed at every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. So the devil is waiting for an opportune time to get Jesus Christ to conquer and to, to undo what he believes is the work of the kingdom of God. At this point in the text, we look at what happens immediately that the Holy Spirit then leads Jesus Christ to then preach in the region of Galilee. Um, in today's text, we're looking at um, when Jesus began preaching the gospel. When Jesus began preaching the gospel, he was rejected. We'll look at this in two main points. Jesus began to preach in Galilee. And the second main point is that Jesus was rejected at his home synagogue. So let's look at this first main point. Jesus, as he began preaching in Galilee. Verses 14 and 15. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread throughout all the district. And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. Um, How did the news of Jesus spread? Because according to Luke's message, there doesn't mention a whole lot of preaching, but I would tell you this. What's mentioned here in verse 15 is really packed, but before we look at that, I do want to point out that the news about Jesus' baptism wasn't kept private. Do you you realize that John uh, went on and told others about what that baptism baptism was all about? But before, let's look back at chapter 3, verse 21. Chapter 3, 21 Now when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized, and while he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came out of heaven, You are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. Look at John's Gospel. John says this, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He pointed to Jesus as the Lamb of God. He, he went on, in John's Gospel, to preach and say, I saw the Holy Spirit descending out of heaven as a dove and remaining upon him. John preached what happened at, on that great and awesome day. So we could say that the spread of 
the news about Jesus was spreading because of what John was preaching, about what he saw at the baptism of Jesus. But looking again at verse 15, it says, He began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. This is a really loaded, very brief verse. It likely covers many months of Jesus' ministry. Um, he began teaching in their synagogues, plural. That means if he was in a, in a Sabbath day uh, there worshiping, it would, maybe he would go to one synagogue one Sunday and then another synagogue another Sunday and then going from synagogue to synagogue. Now, there's a map that I looked at concerning Galilee during this time of the life of Jesus. There were 10 major cities in the region of Galilee. So there, you could say he at least visited six on the way down from the Jordan going down to Nazareth. So when we read today's passage, verse 15 says, Praised by all. Jesus was praised by all in all of the synagogues where he preached throughout Galilee, except for the one that we read of today in Nazareth. He was praised by all, but we'll see a different story when he gets to his hometown. Let's look at the preaching of Jesus in verses uh, 16 through 18. It says, He came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. And he opened the book and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. We'll stop there for a little bit and we'll keep reading in a little while. But notice this. Jesus goes on to say, This has been fulfilled in your sight. What? You're the anointed one? You're the one appointed by God to preach the gospel? Jesus here is making a clear claim that he is the Christ, which Christ, anointed one, Messiah, is all the same thing. Jesus is saying, I am the Messiah. I am the anointed one. I'm the one God anointed to preach the gospel. Jesus goes on, as we know that they didn't accept this very um, bold yet true claim, but he goes on in his preaching to tell about what will happen in his future ministry. Um, look at verse 18 again. He anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to set free those who are oppressed. If you love hymns, there's one hymn that I think that speaks really beautifully of setting people free. And it's written by Philip Bliss. I will sing of my Redeemer and his wondrous love to me on the cruel cross he suffered from the curse to set me free. Sing, oh sing of my Redeemer. With his blood he purchased me. On the cross he sealed my pardon, paid the debt. And made me free. That speaks of that wonderful freedom of release of the captive. Jesus also, during his ministry, not only healed the blind, he removed spiritual blindness from men and women 
and children as well. Jesus came to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. What is that from? Um, If you believe uh, in the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have been given God's favor, not just for a year, but for all eternity. So if you have faith in Christ, if you believe in Jesus with saving faith, you have God's favor. God's grace rests upon you. And no one and nothing can take that from you. But Dr. Hendrickson wrote that this mention of the favorable year of the Lord, you could say it it goes back, it's a, uh, a figure that goes back to the Jubilee, which is found in Leviticus 25. He says, The trumpet must be sounded, and liberty throughout the land must be proclaimed. It is only by faith in Jesus Christ that true freedom is obtained. Freedom from living in constant fear, from obligation to ever so many man-made ordinances, from guilt, pollution, Satan, sin, and its results. If therefore the Son will make you free, you will be free indeed. That is what Jesus has done for us in fulfilling this favorable year of the Lord. Now, some in Nazareth loved what they heard. They were excited when they heard what Jesus was preaching. They delighted in it. Look at verse 22. Now, I I would say the all here um, might not be every single individual because some could find later or upset. All were speaking well of him and wondering at the gracious words which were falling from his lips. They were pleased with what they heard. But then later on, we find out that they had a problem, not with the message, but with the messenger. And that leads us to our second main point. Jesus was rejected at his home synagogue. So even while these people are having wonder, they're delighting in the message. They had a stumbling block because of the messenger. Look at verse 22 at the end. They were saying, Is this not Joseph's son? And you could imagine what sort of arguments, I would call them lame arguments, came out of this sort of thinking. I watched him grow up. I even saw him play with my kids. Can this really be the Messiah? Uh... He helped build my house, and I didn't like the way that wall was framed. Can this really be the Messiah? Whatever crazy argument they may have come up with, the one thing they could not have argued is pointing to a particular sin that Jesus ever committed when growing up, because that was impossible, because Jesus never sinned. But still, that wasn't good enough for them. Jesus rebuked the people of Nazareth in multiple ways. He said to them in in verse 23, No doubt you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. Now this is a very old saying that was used for maybe even a century or more before the birth of uh, Jesus. Um, But the saying was basically saying you're a fake. 
If, if you're really a physician, go heal yourself, you fake, you phony. Another thing he said to them uh, was in verse 23, uh, when he probably heard someone say this to him, or maybe someone said this about him, or maybe he knew their hearts, and he would say, he says, whatever we heard was done in Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. See, when Jesus was in Capernaum on the way down from the Jordan, he preached in various synagogues according to verse 15, and he went from synagogue to synagogue. And while in Capernaum, he did miraculous works. So they were saying, well, you you did miraculous works. We're not going to believe you because we didn't see you do anything here. Where is your miracle, Jesus? They did not believe him because he didn't perform a great miracle like they expected. Jesus rebuked them then because of their lack of faith. And here's an interesting point. He's rebuking them for their lack of faith, and he's citing two Old Testament examples of Jews from old that also, uh, I'm sorry, he's, he's citing Jewish unbelief from of old, and he's citing Gentiles who instead had faith. Let's look at verse 24 and following. He says, Truly I say to you, no prophet is welcome in his hometown. But I say to you in truth, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the sky was shut up for three years and six months, when a great famine came over all the land. And yet Elijah was sent to none of them, but only Zarephath in the land of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them were cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. So a little review of it goes like this. The Jews, the Jewish people, did not believe and did not have faith during these times. In the days of Elijah, the only person who had faith, besides Elijah, was a a Gentile woman who was from Sidon. And during the time of Elisha, the only person who demonstrated such faith was the Gentile Naaman from Syria. But the Jews were without faith. And this is your spiritual heritage, you unbelieving Jews. And you're like them. Ooh. You can kind of tell how that was insulting. They did not like being told about their unbelieving spiritual heritage and how that they, they were very much like their unbelieving spiritual ancestors. They became filled with rage. And they drove him out of the city. And what did they want to do? They wanted to throw him down a cliff. Jesus was rejected by his own. Now, it says in verse 30, but passing through their midst, he went his way. I've always wondered what, that, what was going on in that passage. How did he pass? Was it something miraculous or whatever? But uh, a, a similar passage is found in John ten thirty nine. another occasion when they wanted to grab him and seize him and uh, do him harm. Uh, in John ten thirty nine, it says um, the Jews were seeking to seize him, and he eluded their grasp. 
So it could have been that he just was able to maneuver himself, not being able to be uh, gotten hold of. Jesus Christ was not ready to be thrown down a cliff to die. His time was coming. There were many things that he had to yet do to fulfill his office as Holy Messiah. And that time for the cross was coming when Satan would take his opportune time to do his worst. When we look at today's passage, we see that Jesus began his ministry of preaching, yet was rejected. Jesus began preaching in Galilee throughout all the synagogues. He was loved by many, but rejected by those who knew him the best. Um, You've heard that saying before, familiarity breeds contempt. And this familiarity that they had with Jesus that bred such contempt was totally undeserving. Jesus did not deserve the people to look at him in this fashion. But because they were familiar with him, they rejected him. Jesus was rejected at his home synagogue. But what's amazing as part of the Holy Gospel, is that the rejection from his synagogue was not what brought us salvation. What brings us salvation is that Jesus himself was rejected by his own Father. When Jesus was on the cross and he bore the sin of his sheep, the Father turned away and did not look upon him because he could not look upon sin, our sin, And that's why he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you rejected me? Jesus was forsaken so that you would be accepted. Jesus was cursed so that you would not bear the awful load and the curse for all eternity. Jesus suffered the very pains of hell to spare and give you eternal life. Receive and believe on Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Let's pray together. Oh, Father, we thank you for your love for us, that you have given us your only begotten Son, that he was rejected, that we would be accepted. Help us, we pray, to give you the honor and the the glory and to exalt Jesus our Lord. For we ask these things in the name of Christ our Savior. Amen.